Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. We're down here just hanging out. Uh, this week, it's me and Paul hanging out. You know him. Uh, dishing a little bit of a tough love on an artist that we uh, actually enjoy very much. Talking about Lydia Lovas. She has a new album out called Real. And we're going to, uh, pardon the pun, get real with it. Now, we are, and you'll hear us talk about this, we are huge fans of, of this artist uh, from way back in uh, the Indestructible Machine days. I was out on Bloodshot. If you don't have that album, I highly recommend you get it. Uh, it is, in fact, one of my favorite albums of this century. So whatever that is worth to you, uh, that <laughs> that is what that album is worth to me. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. This is, a, you know, her last album was a little play for the big time. This is even bigger. And just, if you've been paying attention to the music space, you've been getting all the press. So we're going to go in on that. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a little study that came out. This was a, hmm, know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month back, uh, talking about the best and worst U.S. cities for music fans. Now, uh, study was conducted by a, a group called Value Penguin, and uh, I will just tell you up front, you know, in this study, uh, my hometown of Lynchburg, Virginia, is rated higher than my current hometown. Uh, I consider D.C. my hometown, um, and uh, that, that is, that's problematic. <laughs> if, if any of you are from Lynchburg or have been there, you understand this, but that's, that's, that's mighty problematic. So uh, we're going to get into that, talk about some stats and some fun stuff. And then we're going to play a track by Baltimore's Wing Dam. They have a new album out on Friend uh, Records called Glow Ahead. And uh, this trio from up there makes, a, makes sort of a righteous noise. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. And, uh, and that's your podcast in a nutshell. So if you're ready and you're comfortable, you have a couple beverages. Like this might get fiery. You might get uh, maybe make some popcorn. I don't know. Uh, here we go. This is episode number 214 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from Lydia Lovelace, Real. Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review just said shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and then ask me. That right there is a logical fallacy. Becomes a song. That's part of the theme song. Man. He's dry guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's been a little while since we've been down here. Yeah, right. I've seen you since then, but it's been a little while since we've been down here. But you know, we got business to take care of. We're trying to wipe out August here, folks, in like July. Yeah, because that's how that's how we roll now. We have them all in the can. We like to take vacations. So, yeah, we like to take vacations. So so if you're like, if you're hitting us up, being like, hey, can can we um. And we talk to you about something like just know we probably read your email, <laughs> but we're so far ahead, man. You got to get a time machine. Uh, this week, though, we're going to be talking about uh, an album uh, that it's an artist that we sort of discovered our, ourselves. We didn't discover her. It's introduced to public, but uh, we sort of discovered and we're like, holy shit, this artist is badass. Talking about Lydia Lovelace. 
Uh, that album was in 2012, I believe, in Indestructible Machine. That sure sounds right. And uh, I think it was on our best of that year, pretty Both pretty, of ours, pretty yeah. strongly. Um, and uh, she's got a new album coming out that should be out now, actually, called Real. Uh, still on Bloodshot Records. Before that, though, uh, I want to talk about a little thing popped up in the news. Um, y- you know, there's a lot of talk. There was a lot of talk at the uh, Future Music Coalition about a music city. What makes a music city? In fact, there's a thing going on tonight that we're not at, uh, where a bunch of people are meeting at uh, the guy who runs Listen Local First here in D.C. Uh, is getting people together because he's more pushing towards that tip, which is the idea is uh, is that make make these cities better for musicians and fans and all that, and there's all sorts of weird policy positions. But uh, in this case, uh, what they're talking about, I think, was strictly for the fans, um, it's a it's a study, and I saw it on Consequence of Sound, but it's a study uh, by an uh, organization called Value Penguin. You know, and as you so succinctly put it, what the fuck's a value penguin, Paul? <laughs> 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 um, and uh, basically it, it rated, uh, I think, the top 100 cities and if for music. And if you go through this list, like some of the surprising things were like Honolulu was like, I think, number one. You know, all these weird cities, not the New York and L.A. But you know, in in looking through this, I, I was interested at first, and then I and then I started going down the list, and I got to about I don't know thirty seven, thirty eight, or something. And I see Lynchburg, Virginia, on this list. <laughs> now I'm from Lynchburg. There is no music scene. There literally is no music scene. I'm sorry, PJ, you were in a band there, but <laughs> but uh, but there is no music scene. And below that were were um. Richmond, which has a thriving music scene, and us here in D.C., which has, to my uh, mind, one of the most vibrant music scenes in the country, uh, whether or not you're talking local or otherwise. So what this, when this came out, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. But what, but what I've been thinking about today, Paul, is that how sort of we still can't figure out how to fuck to measure this stuff and what, what makes this stuff successful. Well, yeah, because so much of it is going to be just how you feel about a particular scene. I mean, you know, props to whoever or whatever value penguin is for, I guess, trying to quantify this, but I'm looking at the data points that they used and they used 15 categories. They weighted them differently. You know, these aren't all the same, but you know, your top weighted category is number of musicians or singers per thousand people taken from the Bureau of Labor Statistics hourly median wage for musicians and singers taken from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, musical groups and artists per thousand people, sound recording studios per thousand people, number of record labels in the town, all that kind of makes sense. But then you get down into how many radio stations there are, how many bars there are, yeah. what the average bar closing time is, is in the intangible right, factor. Right, right, right. Uh, how many people with music degrees are in town. Right. Like, and this is where you start getting into, I don't really know if all of these factors go into making it a good music town. Right. And then when you're out there at that level of generality, how meaningful is that anyway? Saying it's a good town for music it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything to somebody who's like, I like metal or I like punk. It's right. like, there's no, there's, it might all be country. There, there's know? very few people, uh, and I'd say a, a majority of them end up on this couch at one point or another who can just literally say, I, I like music. Yeah. And, you know, most people are like, I like not even a genre, like 
I like Selena Gomez. I like Katy Perry. Well, I'd say a lot of people can say I like music, but in a lot of in a lot of cases, that just means I passively listen to whatever happens to be piped into my ear holes. Right. Right. Um, you know, when when you see a study like this, and like, and and I should be sort of clear about Washington D.C. Like the the main thing, if you're trying to gauge like if a town is a, is a good music town, I I think the number of venues is basically if you can go out and see it, that's really the most important thing. Uh, recording studios, yeah, yeah, labels, yeah, yeah. It's if if there's places for people to uh, practice their wares. And, you know, by that measurement, obviously the larger cities are going to be better and the smaller cities are going to be worse. What would be a more interesting study than this, to my mind, would be um, the type of thing that can that can help musicians find out if it's a better city for them to exist in. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about pushing, like, this fair wage, you know, fair play, like, musician for, like... Uh, venues and stuff that's bullshit like the market's going to depend on that like you you are worth what you're worth based on the marketplace but if you know a thing we're seeing here in dc uh there's it's like impossible to find a place to live yep for cheap although historically you know if you're talking about musicians you know this is you know the uh the sort of bohemian crowd if you will they They'll live in big group houses, like paper houses up the street now. There's, I think, 10 musicians live in there. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that that doable. So why, I mean, besides the fact that, like, Consequences Sound just needed hits, like, why why can't we get those studies on instead of this? Because this doesn't do anybody any good. Well, <laughs> because it's basically unquantifiable. I mean, you're, I mean, asking, you're asking the wrong question. If okay. you're asking... How do we scientifically measure whether it's a good music town? You just, it's one of those, you know it or you don't. Is it a good music town? It's a good music town if bands that you like are playing there. You know, it's a good music town if you know you can consistently go out and see a new band that sounds cool. You're going to know that if you live there. You're going right. to know that if you talk to other people who, are, who live in, in these towns. It's not something where you can really look at a ranking and tell, especially when something like this is going to be skewed by exactly what you were talking about. Like, is it a better music town if you have more musicians per thousand people, which was the number one weighted thing on their, yeah. on their list? No, that means it's a cheap town because musicians <laughs> don't make very much money. Like, well, you're, if you're a musician... That, it's also... That, that, that gets into weird, like, segregation tactics where it's like, <laughs> what, are, are musicians better? I mean, some of us would argue, sure, but, like, I wouldn't, but, you know... And, and these are people who report themselves on the, uh, you know, on their census reports right, so as let's, musicians. So let's count so. out 90% of those. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you play a ukulele and you, that doesn't make you a musician. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were doing good. Now we just lost <laughs> now an audience. Just, now we're just stepping in. Sorry, all those ukulele people just tuned out. Yeah, they did. Uh, no, but it, but in all seriousness, you know, it is it is a it was it was funny to see a study get into the major press like that. That wasn't because Future Music Coalition has tons of these studies. You can go there. You can look up all these metrics, and they've done like like extensive research on these problems. Um, but they don't get all the press about them. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about it so we could maybe change that. And maybe it just took takes putting a link to Future Music Coalition in there and saying, you know, because 
what you know and i i do think part of what this is speaking to too is a problem that we're having here uh with certainly promotion companies like sort of taking over a city and that you have a lack of diversity mm-hmm. in here and you base the value of the uh, we'll use the term musicality of the city on does it sell tickets and that's false yeah and look i'm i haven't read any of fmc's uh studies but my guess is given the focus of that organization that they're a little more targeted like this was this was a hit study um i think fmc is probably more interested on what's the best city to live in if you're a musician or what's the best place to go and get a gig if you're trying to target your very limited travel budget yeah on where to on where to go yeah that's exactly what they're doing so that that's useful information this is just clickbait well, let's go full cynical on this. Who's behind this? Value Penguin. <laughs> but who's the who is the mammal behind Value Penguin? Wait, whoa, are penguins mammals? Are they? No. It look, you know this is not facts based. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but like, who's like what? Like, why? Who who's behind this? Who's this serving in the music industry to have something like this out there? Because Consequence of Sound is not really, I hate to say it, not that, that well-respected a journalistic entity. You know, so if somebody says, hey, you run this and we're going to give you some money, they're going to run it and they're going to collect the money. Are you looking it up? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently looking up the... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Value Penguin right now. I'm deep into their <laughs> analytics. Uh... Yeah, no, Value Penguin just looks like a site that does uh, studies. Like, okay. I'm on their main page, it's find the true value of your financial happiness, uh, credit cards, health insurance. So this isn't this isn't a uh, Lex Luthor, this isn't a Lex Luthor plot. No, this is it, they're not a music site. They're a site that does market studies. It looks like on can you tell if they're industries? Can't tell and would not All right. impugn anything yeah. about their model in fact we, i think we just gave some good publicity to value penguin yeah right there maybe they want to sponsor a podcast who knows maybe they are whoa <laughs> you don't know uh you never know these you days. to run that sponsored content disclaimer yeah if this was just a 10 minute ad for value penguin do we you don't do we, have Paul? to yeah no journalistic integrity yeah we with no facts no journalistic integrity um yeah we'll put a link in the show notes look at it laugh at it see where your city ranks and uh, tell us why it, it it's wrong, <laughs> really? Because I mean, it's everything about that is wrong. Um, and uh, you can email Paul about that. Paul at chunkyglasses <laughs> I check my email he all the does. time. Uh, you ready to talk about some Lydia Loveless? Sure.
name of that song is Longer. That is by uh, Lydia Lovelace. That is off the album Real. Uh, this is that is the first single off that. There's a video for it out now. Uh, this is her fourth album, her third for Bloodshot Records. Uh, be careful when you're reading the press releases. They tried this last time, and they'll say, oh no, she's only got three albums. She has a fourth album. It's called The Only Man in 2010. She was not happy with it. It's because it was not a good album. <laughs> not Actually, I, I am passing judgment. I was going to say I'm not passing judgment on it, but yeah. It, it's if just, you're saying it's not a good yeah, album, yeah, you are yeah, by yeah, definition I, I, passing I, I, judgment. Uh, Loveless grew up uh, on a farm outside uh, Coshocton, Ohio, which is near Columbus. I myself am from Ohio, so I sort of know the area a little. You know, it's nice farmland and, and all that, sort of the prairie a little bit. Had a musical family. Uh, in fact, used to play in a band with her sisters and her father in a uh, new wave pop band called Carson Drew, if you believe that. Somehow, somehow. I kind of do now, kind of actually. Do. You know, I mean, this is the type of family that's outside. Ohio is, especially when you get outside of the cities, is like uh, redneck farmland. I mean, that's, that's just... You know, the, the best example for anybody who hasn't been up there who is, I guess, if I'm going to give this example old, if you've seen Heathers uh, there in Ohio, and the, the big uh, big activity up there is cow tipping. That's not a joke. At least it wasn't back in the 80s. <laughs> um, I said this is her fourth album. She had The Only Man. Indestructible Machine was in 2011. So, Okay. Yeah. Uh, Boy Crazy after that was an EP to bridge the gap. Somewhere else in 2014, a record which we savaged, I think, and and I think rightfully so. It was a, it was a weird direction for uh this for this songwriter to go in, uh, for us who are big fans of Indestructible Machine, and now we get to Real, um, which I will say off the bat, we technically we could savage this album. This is not you know we as fans of Indestructible Machine. Uh, there's nothing that she's done, including this album, that are holding up to that. But in listening to this, I'm thinking to myself, like, is that really fair, Paul? That we judge somebody and judge uh, artists' work like that? Uh, yeah. You think? I, I mean, I do. It's because when you're judging something, you are judging it against your own expectations. Yeah. Now, I think it's very fair for the artist to say, screw you, yes. I'm going in a different direction. Yes. And they do because, yes. they, you know, yeah. quite frankly, they don't care. What, so they don't somebody, care what I think. somebody from her town said, screw you, you guys don't know what you're talking about when we reviewed somewhere else. It's really? one of the few comments. Yeah, really. I, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put a screen cap of it. It's yeah. sort of awesome. But, you know, uh, along, along those lines, I, I want to explore it down that. I mean, I, I don't think either of us are a huge fan of this album. I, I think uh, it is... Much better. That said, I think it's much better than somewhere else. You know, somewhere else felt like it was guided by somebody else's hand. Uh, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But what you know, what made in the songs we first heard so great was not just the the rock aspect. I mean, there was there was a vibrance to it. They knocked it out in like what, I think two days. Yeah, like soup to nuts. There's a vibrance to it, but her songwriting. Uh, was at times hilarious, was at times uh, scandalous, was at times uh, very self-deprecating, uh, and always pretty smart. And after that album, that uh, self-deprecation has just seemed to turn into self-pity. And I, and I don't hear a lot of the humor. I don't hear... Uh, I hear some of the smarts. I, hear, there, I mean, on this, there's... As a writer, she's actually pretty good, 
but you're you're overloaded with this uh the idea of like how much sadder can sad be yeah i mean i guess that's not that's not my issue like what what come uh, first of all i agree with you this is better than than somewhere else mm-hmm. Um, you really, I think, still you do see her personality coming through. I still think she's an excellent songwriter. Yeah. The problem is that I don't, I don't think she can get out of her own way on this album in terms of the arrangements. Mm-hmm. Like, there are these good stories, some great turns of phrase. The lyrics are pretty tight on most of these songs, but whereas Indestructible Machine had a sound that sound that was very deliberate very fleshed out, very yeah. immediate. This shifts around stylistically on pretty much every song. You've got a few things yeah. that sound like they could almost be off Indestructible Machine, but with better production because, you know, she's got a little more money to work with now. So, yeah. of course, she's got a little bit better production. Um, but then you've got some stuff that's got the weird synths in it. You've got this but auto-tuning going like. on. I, 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 just, I don't. like it. It almost it feels like... To me, and you know, yeah. it, it feels to me like she's saying, okay, I need to try something new. And she's kind of trying it, but without really integrating it. Like, there's no purpose yeah. that I see yeah. behind a lot of these experiments. Right, and, and that's the thing. And we're, and we're in, in a mode right now for the next few minutes of entirely, like, creating narratives about this and trying to figure this out. Because I, I agree that the writing, the writing on this is much better than somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, one of my notes on this was... You know, when did she go from poning the world to getting poned by it? And it, you know, even in the darkest moments of indestructible, indestructible machine, she was in charge. Was she? I mean, the last, the well, last she, was song, out of, she was out of control. The last song on that album is crazy. Let's. And it was, it's one of the best songs of the decade. Right. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that did not sound like somebody that was truly in control on that last song. Maybe, right? maybe aside from that song, like, it, uh, you know, she seemed in control if, if at least, uh, not a little reckless, but after that album and since that album, it's just se- seemed to be song after song of like, she's not in control and you know she's beat down, and there's you know no hope, and it's all about being like lovesick and whatnot. And it, it's sticking to one theme that so many other people have covered. That I I, I don't understand the point of it. You know she's experimenting right now. Uh, it sounds like to me with her image, um, and she did that on the last one. But you know the big article that was out now, an interview with her, it's like. You know, Lydia Lovelace doesn't take bullshit from anybody. It's like, well, you'd never know from the past two albums. Yeah. I mean, I, this is something, if I'm remembering our conversation about somewhere else correctly, uh, I think we talked about this a bit um, when we reviewed that album as well, um, to where I think there's a, probably a certain frustration there. Again, we don't know her. We haven't talked to her, so right. we can't. Well, I have. Can't, I, I scared the hell out. Of her. Okay, fine. <laughs> Kevin scared the hell out of her. I, I was like, "We'll cook dinner for you," but we we do. So we do. Yeah, that. we do, we do mm-hmm. that sometimes. Um, but it can be scary when yes. you don't know the person exactly. coming up to you saying that. Exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, but she's gotten consistent critical acclaim. Yes, acro- across the last three albums, which has our, confounded me. Our you know our criticisms, uh, uh, notwithstanding, but. In the wake of Indestructible Machine, she was opening at Hill Country Barbecue yes. 
for a crowd that didn't know who she was. And off of somewhere else, before somewhere else, she played the back room at Black Cat to a third full house. Yes. You know, so for all the critical plaudits, it has not translated necessarily into an audience. And I think she's probably trying to get a hook because she's got to pay her bills. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but but and that's a good point. Is like the gigs she was playing versus and once the critical like laudations came in, she went from doing that to all of a sudden she's at the tiny desk. All of a sudden she's getting written up. I think it was the New York Times. Yeah, which is that's what good PR will buy you. And and I I don't hold any I don't hold against any artist who wants to do that. But uh, I think for fans of an artist, which we are of her, and I think we said this last time. It it does raise the question of like, do you have an obligation to that or not? If her goal is to simply, by any means necessary, reach the widest audience, and that, and I mean by any means necessary, I mean changing stylistically to fit things, not saying what she really wants to say. Uh, you know, as a working musician, more power to her, but there's no expectation that anybody who is an actual fan of her will follow along or stay a fan. Yeah. Though. I mean, I'm, I'm not convinced that she's not saying what she wants to say. I, I'm not either after this album yeah, I, on, on the last album I was, but this album, uh, you know, if I, if I had to guess, I mean, and I, and I, you know, her husband is in the band. If I had to guess, they might've had a few problems. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it's, it's the sound. Yeah. She's going for a crossover sound here. Cow punk's never going to sell. Like you're at best, you're getting a cult following a off of that. Somewhere, a lot of people who don't sell that much. Yeah, but it's it's just a weird. Like it sells to me, right? <laughs> we listen to a lot of people who yeah. don't necessarily have an easy time making ends meet, and definitely don't have an easy time making a good living as musicians. Right? They're great musicians, right? But what we like doesn't always translate out to it the wider sell. market. Yeah, you're not going to fill the 930 club. Um, I want to play a track right now, and I want to get back to like this experimentation with sound, because that actually is something I really like on this record, and uh, you're going to hate why. But uh, but uh, I want to try to play the track Heaven right now, and uh, we'll come back in a few minutes.
All right, so Heaven off of Lydia Lovelace's Real, uh, that, that highlights a thing that's going on in this album, all over this album, a fallback to a sound that could best be described as, as Pat Benatar, uh, which to me is fine, because I grew up in the 80s. Paul is rolling his eyes. He's like, no, nah, this, is, this, is this is not where it's at. But I think, I think if, if, I am, if, if I am forced to have a Lydia Lovelace who is not like going to engage in the things that I fell in love with her music about. If she's going to go this route, it's going to pull me back in a little more because she has a great voice. And if you drop this track in 1987, uh, I won't say a soundtrack for a movie. You wouldn't even have to, because this is what was going on. Uh, it it would have fit. Yeah. They, but, but the eighties were bad. No, no, they weren't Paul. <laughs> they, they were weren't. really bad. They weren't. And, and you hear, you hear this pop up on a couple different tracks. I mean, there is a track that has auto tune on it and that's <sighs> awful. It's yeah. Awful. Yeah. It's awful. I mean, uh, people shouldn't use auto tune, but country music stars should definitely not use auto tune. And I don't know if she considers herself country music. Is, I don't think she wants to be a country music star anymore. So what, so where is she? Is she going for the pop? Yes. Is that it? It's yeah, just well, listen to the, this song is not a country song. No, no, no. And the thing is, we don't have to throw people into genres. No, but some of the stuff on this album could still be considered country. But I feel like the stuff that's really getting pushed is moving more towards the pop side of things. Yeah. And if that's successful, and if this, you know, if this media cycle that she's in right now helps her break through a little bit. I bet the next album is going to be pure bubblegum. Pure bubblegum? Yeah. With dark lyrics, but it's going to be a bubblegum yeah. sound. Well, and, and yeah, and that's the thing. If you go down, uh, I mean, and some of these just don't make sense, but they're, they're exceptional lyrics. Um, you know, the, the standard, like, how can love like this exist? It feels more perfect with every kiss. You know, that's a good pop lyric. But in the song, that's in the song Out on Love. But in the song Midwestern Guys... Uh, you want to lock me in the kennel and leave for Myrtle Beach. That's a very specific and very whether or not you're supposed to take that literally or just as a metaphor for like domestic violence. That's that's hard. Yeah, and uh, and sort of brilliant. And then on European, uh, you know, again, this album all over the place is about heartache and breakup. You've got there are things I don't want to do with anyone else, which is what you. I mean, that's what you feel when you break up with somebody. Maybe when you're with somebody, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And then that's supplanted by hand claps, mm-hmm. like taking it back to the uh, Ronettes and stuff. And so there's, but it, it's all jammed in this package that as a whole doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like an album. It feels like a lot of different stabs at having one song breakthrough. She's like, I can do it, this. Oh, okay. I can do that. I can do this over here. You're going to like something on this album, yeah. and hopefully that's the one that reels you in. That's, that's kind of what I see. It's scattershot, showing she can do everything. Like I'll take the same lyrical profile, and I'll, I'll auto-tune it over here. I'll 80s it up over here. I'll go more country over here. Right. I'll throw some hand claps over on this other one. You're going to like something. Right. Right. But this is clearly hitting with people, though. She's a minor star. I mean, it's hitting with press it has an actual yeah. i mean when this podcast comes out it'll be yeah, out. it'll be out yeah, yeah yeah no i mean i mean her last album was a hit i think we were the only bad review 
also we were one of the few people that had heard her before that album right but uh we were one of the only bad reviews and uh you know i when an artist you know we, we have this issue a lot of times with uh when we talk about blitz and trapper uh i'm a big fan of following an artist that at some point made an album so undeniably great. I mean, that's how, usually how they get me in. But, like, I always have to question, like, where the fuck are they going? And that's sort of where I'm at with her still on this. And I, I was hoping, like, okay, re- somewhere else was a misstep. Now she's going to get back on track. It doesn't need to sound like cowpunk. These could be better pop songs, right? Just needs to focus in on something. But, again, as you pointed out, somewhere else worked. And this will probably end up being popular. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So who gives a fuck what we say in the basement? <laughs> like, she's doing That's it. That's true. Yeah. 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 Which means we, after this, we'll probably never get a chance to talk to her, which, which sucks. It does. Because, yeah, but I, I don't think we're going to lie about our like I mean, or dislike if, of an album. If you start lying about... You like or dislike of an album to talk to somebody, then you might as well just quit the game. Like, yeah, why are you doing I agree. it? Uh, so what are you going to do with this, Paul? I'm, there's just not enough of it that I like for me to do anything other than pass. It yeah. would, it would just be just, and, and it doesn't make me feel good to do that. Right. I'm still going to go back and spin indestructible machine. And there's frankly, a couple of songs on this album that I will probably go back to and throw into some mixes. It's just that there's too much on here that I just, am not going to listen to again. And, and to be clear, you're not saying that because you want this to be an indestructible machine. No, I'm, I'm saying it because it, if, if I heard this album and it was somebody I had never heard before, I'd be like, Oh, there are a couple songs I like, but I may not, not have, I may not have actually gotten through the whole album. Yeah. If it was somebody that I didn't know, I would have just been like, okay, this isn't enough for me to, to pay attention to and moved on. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to stream it actually, because there, the stylistic stuff, there are a few songs that still will pop up that I'll be like, Oh, that's okay. In fact, I tried something. Uh, and something we didn't talk about was the sequencing. And this is coming up more and more for me this year, at least a little, uh, if you just put it on shuffle and you just hear the single, and this plays into your theory about Jesus trying stuff works a lot better. Well, and see, that's not something I ever do. You and I have had this conversation before. I don't ever like, do it either. Yeah, like I, I like albums that work as albums. I do too. And but, if the sequencing's not there, then it just doesn't. But that's my go-to test. Like if if I'm really feeling bad about a record, I'm like, let me put it on shuffle and see what happens. And I did on this, and I actually found myself enjoying songs that I didn't like, like just randomly out of context, like a lot better. So, uh, so I'm gonna stream it. So uh, yeah, so uh, yet another round with Lydia Lovelace. And uh, real. It's out now.
Lydia Lovelace is real. Uh, that, that's our take on it. But you know, don't take our word for it. If you uh, if you liked what you heard, and uh, you know, there is a good bit to like in this, then uh, go out and explore it. I I recommend starting with Indestructible Machine. But you can start with real. You can start with somewhere else. You can do it, do it how you like. Uh, you know, and if you're a huge fan, you know a lot of this. You know, as we say in this, a lot of this uh, this podcast is about having conversations about music that aren't necessarily uh, just like street criticism. If you're a huge fan of this and want to discuss it, uh, reach out. Uh, Paul might not answer his email, but it's paul at chunkyglass.com. But I sure as hell will. So if you have uh, strong opinions about uh, this and wanted to share them and discuss them and maybe convince me uh, that I uh, that this album is better than I maybe think it is, uh, hit me up at kevin at chunkyglasses.com. Maybe put Lydia Lovelace in the, in the subject line and uh, and we'll get back to you and uh, maybe maybe we'll revisit this and if you want to come on and talk about it if you if you're a super fan or just a fan in general. Um, before we get out of here this week, we're gonna be playing a little track like I said up front from a, a little righteous band at a at a Baltimore called Wing Dam and they've been around for a, a little while and uh, you know they played a lot of the DIY scenes but they also have got a good bit of attention. Their new album Glow Ahead is out now. Uh, it's a little bit of Smashing Pumpkins, a uh, little bit of just general indie pop. It's out on the uh, Friends Records, which if you don't know what that is, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's an awesome record label out of Baltimore. Uh, so we've got a track for you right now. It's called I'm Wild, and uh hope you're ready because this is going to rock your socks off. So here you go. This is I'm Wild from Wingdam's Glow Ahead.
I'm Wild. Uh, name of the album is Glow Ahead. Name of the band is Wing Dam. Uh, if you like that, you can go to their Bandcamp page right now. You can get it for seven dollars, um, and I think that's, I think it's worth it. So much I paid for it. I mean, they're always they always do the, you know, Bandcamp's awesome because you have this pay what you want, uh, and honestly, if you're going in there and you're not paying anything, if you're not paying at least five bucks, you're at least a dick. So now th- there is some space. I, we'll probably talk about this on a podcast actually. Of Okay, it's something untested, or maybe it's only three songs. How much should I really give the person? Uh, but I do like seeing bands uh, like the uh, Snail Mail put up their little EP for for five bucks. I do like seeing that seven bucks. I like seeing that. You know, this is a proper album. They spent some time and money on it, uh, and I think that's a pretty good price. So, explore Bandcamp is what I'm saying, and you'll find stuff like Wing Dam and uh, Snail Mail. Extra podcast for this week. If you like what you heard. Uh, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us some comments there. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on Mixcloud, on Deezer, on uh, Google Play. Uh, we're everywhere. If you uh, are a more private person, like we, we just actually ditched the comments. Uh, we were using Discuss for a while and then heard from a good number of people that they just don't like signing in this stuff. So we're back to the regular comment board. Uh, so you can leave comments there uh, or you can just email uh, or text. I think that's my numbers on the on the site. And uh, and if you if you like, you know what we're doing. If you really really like it, uh, maybe you want to come hang out, drink some beer, talk about some music. If you fancy yourself a critic, uh, we we would love to have you. Um, so there it is. That's your podcast for this week. Uh, we'll be back in a few short days. Until then. Get out and see some live music. Do yourself that favor and uh, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!